Ahoy and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and that includes all things illness, wellness, stigma and support and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, starting conversations and mentioning some of those tools that have supported your well-being. I want to say thanks for being part of the podcast, whether that's as a guest, as a listener, hopefully as a subscriber. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you that you're not alone out there. Thank you for being part of the Mojo Podcast. These are real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. I don't think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to like it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast and welcome to 2020. I do believe, if my scheduling is correct, this is going to be the first episode of the new year, of the new decade. Uh, I hope you had a great festive period, I hope you had a great holiday season uh, and enjoyed whatever it is you were doing and whoever you were with. I am delighted to be back in the new year with uh, a brand new guest. Richard is going to be joining us today and... uh, we're going to be talking about something that definitely has been a bit of a challenge for me over the last year. Um, I've kind of got better and I've tried a few different techniques that have worked for me. And we're going to discuss that and it's all about sleep. So uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, sleep problems, also potential solutions, maybe, we'll see. Um, and the Good Night Sleep Project. Uh, this is, uh, for me... Again, there's been a couple of times where we've had a, a really cool opportunity to sit down and talk with people that have um, had particular issues or struggles and come up with an invention, come up with a project or a campaign around that to try and improve the situation. To not just say, oh, this isn't great, but they've kind of put themselves out uh, out there. Uh, they've tried to invent, tried to create a solution for that. So it was really interesting to sit down with Richard and, and hear a little bit of what kind of what's gone into creating. I feel like I'm giving too much away here. But <laughs> what's gone into creating the, uh, the pillow that he has uh, created. And I definitely think for a lot of people, this is going to be something that is really worth checking out and looking into if you are affected uh, by 
sleep problems or struggles, whether it's yourself, a friend, a family member or partner, um, it's definitely worth having a listen and having a think about are there certain things that would help or aid your sleep. So a huge thank you to Richard for coming onto the podcast. Um, really interesting to hear about the work that he's been involved with. And uh, he also has his own podcast as well, so make sure you have a look out for that one as well. Thank you so much for listening, downloading and subscribing to the podcast. If you yourself would like to come on um, in the future, please do get in contact over at mikesopenjournal.com and you can find out all of the information there. But for now, here's this week's episode and the first one of the decade. Can't believe it. Wow. But yeah, just to start off with, um, to hear a little bit from yourself, Richard, about kind of what's been going on for for you in the last week or, or few days. Working on uh, all my projects. I mean, we're getting close to the holidays, so I'm looking forward to things slowing down so I can sit there and have a bunch of thinking sessions and instead of just doing. But um, you know, going round and round with the different projects I work on and just thinking through them. And trying to improve them and see what I can add to them and uh, make them move forward. Oh, awesome. So a very kind of thoughtful time for you and kind of re- quite reflective on, on the projects. Yeah, you have to make time to think. Otherwise, you just do and then who knows where you end up. So it's, it's like super important to think. And ideally, it would be every week you'd have a set time where you sit there and think through things. But it's not easy, at least for me, to sit there and say, all right, think about X. You know, even with a pen and paper, it's for me. It comes up more organically, but I still have to have the time to do it. It's really difficult. I've noticed a lot this year. I've tried to block out time for tasks and think. Right, okay, that's the time that I need to focus on that. Whether it's like a particular kind of actual action or just time to sit down and think about it. Um, and it kind of it it sometimes works because it means I actually focus on whatever I've kind of blocked the time out for. But like you say, actually having that time to just sit and kind of be uh, reflective and thoughtful is really hard to kind of schedule in. And then it's making sure that, okay, if you don't want to schedule it in, that's great. But are you actually doing it or are you just continuing to do, 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 do? Yeah, I go through periods where I read a lot and don't do as much. And then I go through periods where I do a lot and don't read as much. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um so yeah, welcome on to the welcome onto the podcast, Richard. It's been really interesting, even just at the beginning, just to think about being reflective, especially at this time of year where we're inevitably rushing around quite a lot with different tasks and seeing different people. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself for people that um, haven't heard of you before or aren't aware of some of the projects that we're going to talk about today? Yeah, there's three main things I've been doing lately. So um, for about ten years, I've been providing marketing to attorneys. That's my base business. Mm. So I do websites and things like that because, you know, lawyers, attorneys, you may want to call them solicitors. Um, they're good at what they do, but they're not good at marketing and getting clients. So that's been my main business, again, for a long time, 10 years. And then because um, I can't just do one thing, I do a podcast myself. It's called a Future Tech Podcast. So every week I do a bunch of interviews on AI and 3D printing and stem cells and all that and that gives me more than enough new stuff to think about. And then the uh, third thing, which is a big project that's been growing a lot uh, that I'm really enjoying is I, I created a company called the Good Nights Sleep Project. 
Mm. And we, uh, the whole goal is to help people sleep better and wake up feeling good. So I created a, uh, you know, a patented custom tailored pillow that's based on your physical body measurements that helps you sleep better, you know, whether you're a side sleeper or a back sleeper. So those are the three main things. It's really interesting to have that scope as well. And it, it, although there's an overlap there, um, each of those are quite different. Do you just that kind of work for you that you've got kind of that quite separate side to your work and the projects that you're doing as well? Or do you see that natural overlap? There's overlaps. I mean, one thing will pull from another and I'm you know, learning all the time, but um, I just, you know, again, I don't want to just do one thing endlessly mm. for 40 years and that's it. And I'm always thinking and my mind's always moving on to other stuff. So I don't want to be a flake and do 20 things at once and barely do any of them, but I don't want to do just one thing. So I've been trying to tune it in for a long time and do more than one thing, but not too many things. That's what I've been working on. Mm, mm. I think um, the uh, the Good Night Sleep Project is particularly interesting for for me inside of the kind of the well-being and the mental health impacts of someone that might not be sleeping um, in the way that they wish to. Uh, and I, I moved um, in the summer and yeah getting settled is taking a little bit of time and I think that's just because I've been moving um like some people have that struggle on a regular basis of, of not sleeping properly for a range of different reasons and it can have a a lot of impacts on someone's well-being you know it's just be interesting to hear a little bit more about um kind of where that initial idea came from and the kind of the passion to to get involved in such a project well sadly it came from having sleep problems that have been getting worse for a long time um, one probably strange and horrifying thing that I do is I go to bed really late. I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm going to bed between 3 and 4 a.m. and getting up at 11 or noon for 20 years, literally. Mm. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I is, it, uh, is it a routine that you've got into and you're now you, you're kind of okay with that? Or is it still something that you're trying to um, put back into, I guess, a more traditional sleeping pattern? Yeah, I, I was okay for it with a long time. You know, I was okay doing it for a long time, but it's been as I'm getting older. It's getting harder and harder to do. Mm-hmm. But psychologically, it sounds stupid. It's it's harder than what I imagined quitting smoking would be. There's all these reasons why I I find myself you know staying up late and getting up late. And, you know, when we go on vacation, I'll get up early, and time just doesn't matter. My wife's like so happy, you know, about that. And then when I get back, I start sliding back into my old pattern. And this, you know, I've sat there and written down why I do it and what's all the reasons and what am I worried about. And but I keep doing it. So what I try to do is at least optimize, you know, I still get eight hours a night, mm. but I want to optimize that sleeping time. So I, I feel good sleeping those hours, even though they're odd hours. Well, that makes sense. And I guess it's it's like you say, if you're if you're coping with that and it's fine for a period of time, it's, that's completely okay. But it's also noting that if you're okay with it now in a number of weeks, months, years, um, that might change. So that's really interesting. So have you um, have you had feedback from people that have been involved in the project? Have, have you kind of had that uh, yeah, feedback from the impact of the pillows? Oh, yeah, lots of feedback. So 
the whole pillow came about because I'm, you know, I'm laying there and I woke up and I was talking to my wife. She had come to hang out after I'd woken up because she wakes up much earlier than I do. So she came back and was hanging out as I woke up and you know, I told her, I said, the pillow I'm using is, is gone soft and it's just no good. My neck's hurting. And she said, well, you know, maybe I can try your pillow. I said, why would you want to try it? It didn't work for me. Hmm. How's it going to help you? And I said, wait a minute, now that I think about it, you've had a whole bunch of pillows this year. So you must not have a good one either. And she said, yeah, that's why maybe yours will work. So I said, well, really what people need to do, someone needs to make a pillow that is customized to you, to your measurements. You know, if you have a really set of wide shoulders and, Mm. you know, a tiny little head, or if you have a big fat head and no shoulders or no neck or, you know, it needs to be customized to the person that's using it. So she says, well, you know, at that time you're looking for something to do. Why don't you do that and make, make what you're talking about? Hmm. I said, you know what? I will. That's what I'm going to do. That's how it started. Oh, wow. It's quite like, cause you get a sense of that, uh, that like personal interest and that passion that's there and that understanding for what the product needs to be to support people. Yeah, it was built um, definitely to help myself and my family, first off, but also to help other people. So, you know, we sold, um, this was just about a year ago. So I've sold uh, about 500 of them so far. The sales are accelerating. It's getting there. Oh, awesome. Uh, we started selling them actually probably April this year. So um, you know, it's been about seven months and things are ramping up and we're getting there. So mm-hmm. the feedback we get is uh, is really cool. We're getting like two stages of feedback. So people usually... They'll have neck pain or shoulder pain or head pain. They wake up with headaches. Um, but with the pillow, they, they don't do that. It goes away. Mm. That's because the pillow is keeping them aligned. You know, if some of you imagine tilting your head right now to the side a little bit and then 10 pounds of pressure on it, which is about the weight of your head. And imagine you stay that for stay that way for about seven, eight hours. So no wonder why you'd have neck pain or shoulder pain. Mm. So the pillow, like mechanically, because it's sized properly to you, it keeps you straight when you're laying on your side of your back. So your neck isn't tilted. And that way your muscles aren't you know, getting pinched throughout the night. So you'll sleep a lot better. So people that had neck pain or shoulder pain, it goes away. And they'll wake up fewer times usually because they're more comfortable. And they'll fall asleep faster because they're more comfortable. Uh, so they're getting better night's sleep. So I'm really happy about the feedback. It's been you know, overwhelmingly positive, which is great. That's awesome. I think it's probably a time as well when people are talking and thinking a little bit more about kind of their well-being, whether that's about sleep or any other aspect of their life. And actually, it is worth investing that little bit of time to work out what's right for you and a little bit of money as well. And having that uh, just, yeah, the correct products, the correct resources, the correct support around you rather than, oh, I've just gone out and got the, the cheapest pillow that's available. Um, okay, sometimes we can't afford to spend a lot of money on certain things, but actually if it's something you're going to use every night, it's going to impact hugely on your, not just your well-being, but your kind of your physical health as well. Yeah, if you think about it, there's tons of people that are working on their workout routines, they're eating right, you know, they're trying to optimize their health. Mm. that's typically 16 hours out of the day. That's two thirds of your life. But a lot of those same people do nothing about the last third of their life, which is sleeping. So if you really want to be healthy and have great goals and 
live a full life, even if you're the CEO of some gigantic company and you ignore sleeping, you're crippling yourself. How are you ever supposed to be truly in great shape and all that if you ignore, you know, 33% of your entire existence, which is unconscious, but critical for health? Yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting when you break the time down like that. And thinking, yeah, thinking about how much, how uh, the percentage of time of your life that that is impacting on um, is hugely important and a real opportunity as well. If you are struggling with certain things, this is an area that you can make changes on. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago, I remember talking to someone and we were talking about. Uh, routines like just before you go to bed um, and like making sure that you're if you're struggling with sleeping uh, they were talking about uh, the making your bedroom a place for sleep so if you wake up in the night like don't sit there and read a book or go on your phone like if you're awake just get up leave the room go some, go to another room go and do something else then when you're ready to sleep come back and then get back into the bed so I think it is an area that more people are, are being considerate of and, and looking to improve. Yeah, Ariana Huffington did, um, you know, had a whole movement about sleep because she literally got, uh, you know, she literally worked herself like almost to death. Like she collapsed and uh, she realized that she was just ignoring sleep, and so which is great. You know, she maybe really helped uh, move the movement along, and a lot more people I think are realizing. It sounds funny; it's obvious, right? But a lot more people are realizing, and this always seems to come from the movie stars and the influencers, that sleep is of critical importance. No one can do without it. You will die, literally, if you don't sleep, so there's no choice. Mm. And uh, it, it really is a place to be optimized. And it's a, it's a strange place, because you're not aware of what's going on when you're there. So a lot of people I talk to will think, oh yeah, I sleep pretty well. But then when you talk to them, They'll say, you know, yeah, that's right. I do get up a bunch of times at night to pee or, mm. you know, that's true. I do wake up and I'm foggy and I need coffee right away or, you know, they'll they'll talk like that literally. Some people, it's obvious, you know, they don't sleep well and they know it. They wake up feeling horrible, but I get those two reactions pretty commonly. Yeah, I, I suppose it's that side, isn't it? Of it's, is it one of those things that we think of as quite a, Oh, I don't know, because it affects so many people, it almost becomes so common that no one really pays any attention to it. Um, and that side that you mentioned earlier as well, that do we do we think of it as less important just because we are kind of unconscious for that period of time? Um, however, then you look at the, the, that, the percentage, the amount of time that is and the impact on your life is very big and actually while it is getting a bit more attention we are talking and thinking about it more probably nowhere near as much as we should or could yeah it's it, over the last at least 10 years the best stuff i've learned other people could look at and say oh that's obvious or oh, that's common sense mm. but it, it it's so good that i actually want to write a book called discovering the obvious because I'm, I'm telling you like the most obvious stuff if you really look deeply at it and you experience it and think about it, that's where like all the great, the great information lies mm. in obvious things or seemingly obvious things. It's um, kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you, if you had this program, you must have, uh, we had uh, who wants to be a millionaire. Yep. 
definitely. Yep. Um, so I remember there was kind of like a saying that one of the hosts had, and they were like, "Oh, it's it's only obvious if you know the answer," or something like that. And uh, it kind of makes me think of that in the like once you start talking about it, this is all very simple and very obvious stuff. But I guess back to that initial point that we had is how often do you sit down and think and reflect on things um, and have conversations with other people where you pick up on or rethink and go, hmm, actually, hmm, I haven't really thought about it like that or I hadn't really considered that. Um, even now, like, I, can, I can see the importance. and I know I've had conversations with people about the importance of sleep, but hadn't really kind of resonated quite as much until you sort of mentioned the percents and I was like actually yeah you're right in terms of a percent this is a huge part of our lives we just go oh yeah I'm asleep it sort of doesn't really matter too much um and uh think about if you're if you're eating well like you're you know you're you're real strict with your diet you're eating well you go to the gym four times a week five times a week you're meditating right you're Mm. you're doing your experience you know doing this gratitude stuff I mean you're doing all those things right but then you don't care about your sleep. What, what do you think is going to happen to you? Again, you're, you're, you're handcuffing yourself. You're shackling yourself. There's no way that you're going to be at optimal performance, not even close. And if you care so much about optimal performance, you don't do anything about your sleep. You're just you're overlooking a gigantic part of the part of your success that you need. Mm-hmm. Very true. I think that that kind of, I guess, educating ourselves and being informed um kind of overlaps a little bit with although it's a different topic the your podcast as well and that idea of thinking about future tech and actually trying different things and experimenting and i think uh i know that we we have um like bed shops over here now that you can lay down on the mattress and it'll do a full body scan and tell you what mattress is best for you um so there is that overlap now between technology and sleep that is starting to come together um, and that investment of technology is being brought to maybe an area that wouldn't have been considered in the past. Yeah, definitely. You know, but we run into a somewhat of a paradox here, though, is that technology is good for helping with sleep, but it's also not good mm. to be associated with sleep. Yeah. So being on your phone right before you sleep or on the computer, you know, that blue light mm. um, slows the production of melatonin, which is a sleep hormone, a tiredness hormone that your body needs. So that technology is no good for sleep. Or if you go to a hotel, they have all these lights on and LEDs all over the place and the clock. That's not good. You know, again, that's, that's hurting you sleeping. Um, you know, your phone may be giving you messages or alerts while you're trying to sleep, and that's horrible. A lot of people check their phone, which is just it's stupid, you know. If something is that important to check, while you're trying to sleep, I mean, your life's out of control. So you really need to get, it's funny, technology can help you in the bedroom, but technology really needs to be out of the bedroom mm-hmm. so you can sleep. You need a, a chamber where you can go unconscious and sleep and rest and not have anything pulling at you, nothing. You know, it needs to be opposite of the day. It mm-hmm. needs to be no stimuli or a little stimuli as possible so you can recover. So technology is not always good at that, which is funny. Yeah, I mean, I I remember a couple of years ago thinking, um, right, I, need, I really need to like the bedroom needs to be for sleep, and da, 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 da. so I was like, well, I'm, the, no TV, there's going to be no TV in the bedroom. Great, okay. That probably lasted 
that lasted a few months of like kind of no technology in the bedroom. That was great. But then gradually I just noticed like I would be up, I, I'm going to sleep with my phone in my hand and um, like the phone's right next to me. And I was like, oh, it's all very well saying I've taken the TV out of the bedroom, but I'm just in here on my phone. It's probably worse than having the TV in here. Yeah, I have three kids and I, you know, I catch them sometimes. I'll open the door suddenly and, you know, I see that glow and I'm like, put your phone away. You know, I know what they're doing. Some people have stared at their phone with one eye and then they can't see out of the other eye because of the difference in light. They'd like be blind for, you know, literally, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes or a half hour. Yeah. But it's, it's just not good for you. You know, I, we've had to make a charging station. You know, take the kids' phones before they go to bed. And they put them downstairs in the charging station. Otherwise, it's oh. just it's too tempting to use it during the night. Mm. I understand, you know. I turn my phone off. Well, actually, I put it on airplane mode so the alarm will still work. Yes. But the phone won't ring and there'll be no notifications. And I put it on the other side of the room. You know, it's like the old alarm clock. you got to get yeah. up and go to it. Now you're up. If it's right next to me, you know, that's no good. It'll, uh, mm. I'll be tempted again to look at it and use it, but, but this works for me. Mm. But you got to get technology again away from you. Mm. You need to have a dark room. You need to have no lights, no distraction, none of that stuff. You need that to sleep. Yeah, it is. It is kind of rethink. I like that idea of a charging station. Sort of. I don't know. It, it, is it that it sounds more positive than like? Oh, you can't. It's yeah. Because you're. I guess you're focusing on it's charging. It's ready for tomorrow. Rather than no, take it away. You're not allowed it in there. It's a bit more of a positive thing rather than a negative thing, if that makes sense. Well, we would say, give me your phone. I need the charger. You know, that's what the yeah, cry was. So yeah. now I say, you'll be 100% for the morning. You'll be all good. Yeah. You'll have it all day. You'll be fine. So that's why I came up with that. That's cool. Um, yeah, just to get a little bit of an insight on the podcast, like we briefly mentioned it at the beginning, um, how how did you get started? What, what, what exactly is your podcast? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was um, the end of 2016, and we had the election here, you know, Trump versus mm. Hillary, and I was getting caught up in it, and it was just agitating and annoying, and it would make me mad every day. And at the same time, I was getting emails from a guy named Peter Diamandis, and he wrote these books, you know, bold and about the future and all that. And when I would read his emails, it was really cool. It would be about stem cells and 3D printing and artificial intelligence and all that stuff, you know, you think at the same time, oh, it's in use already, but then also it's like far-flung future stuff. Mm. But I, I would read the email, and I was, it made me happy. I liked it. So I, I somehow came to the decision where I don't want to be unhappy. I want to focus on things that make me happy. So I'm not going to listen to the news anymore, and I'm going to focus on this stuff. And I did that, and I felt a lot better. And, and then I... I it was probably in conversations with my wife, and I, you know, I said, you know, I, I love to ask people questions. She always claims I'm asking her too many questions. So <laughs> she said, "Why don't you go and, and ask other people questions?" You know, so I asked, so I was thinking about doing a podcast, and she was encouraging. She said, "Go do it. Go learn something." I said, "Okay." And I, my first interview was with uh, the COO of Bitcoin, Bitcoin.com. So I started learning about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And I did a whole series of interviews on that, but that was my start of the whole journey. And and it was it was awesome. It still is. I mean, there's days where I'm like, I literally have like an emotional high from doing it because I talk to 
amazing people that are geniuses about what they do and I'm learning all kinds of stuff. So I love it. It's like, it's one of the most fun things I do. This is really cool. I, lo- I really like that side of, um, like future tech is something that I would be intrigued by anyway, but it's that idea of kind of, uh, bringing your own education and your own knowledge to something and hearing from someone else that is like an expert in the field and then you're jumping between different projects different fields really interesting I think to to kind of be part of that is there a, a couple of particular like episodes or conversations or products that have really stood out for you because I know you've done a huge amount of, of episodes um, but is there anything that sort of really sticks out for you it uh, may not be one episode, but I'm, in certain fields, I've interviewed literally 100 people in that field with Bitcoin. I went crazy, actually, and did like 350 people, different companies. I ended up putting on a conference on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, so for a while, I was like really into it. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know what would happen when I went into podcasting, but you, you develop friendships. You can email people later on or call them for advice sometimes. Um, I mean, it's like a big a big game changer. It's mm. been great. You can learn things that can help your health. Um, you make friends. I mean, it's just, it's just fantastic to do it. I definitely think it's, it's, it is that side of creating that kind of community around yourself almost, isn't it? And having that, uh, that wealth of, of opportunity to talk about a range of different things, having experts on hand, um, being aware of different things rather than, I guess, like a physical group of people that you can have around you, which is often based on, or we we all work in the same place or for the same person or we live in the same place or we're part of the same club. Um, whereas having the opportunity to have a podcast and be able to, yes, I can do stuff physically with the people that are around me, but I can also connect with people that are much further away that have a similar interest or passion. I think is a hugely beneficial thing for um, anyone that is passionate about anything, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm in Texas. You're in England. Mm. We wouldn't have connected otherwise. I'm not going to bump into you on the street. No. Because you're so far away. But it's cool. We're able to connect. And I've talked to, you know, dozens and dozens of people from England and Israel. And I mean, it's all over the place. So it's really, it's really great to hear on what people are working on. There's so many different things. And, there's so many um, worlds within worlds. I mean, like, you know, right now there's people that are studying orchids. There's people that are, uh, you know, singing and there's people that are podcasting. And you, podcasting is cool because you pick the worlds you want to check out and you can see what's going on in those worlds and all the things that are happening. And a lot of these worlds are amazing, the stuff that people are doing. Yeah, and I think it's that side of, uh, I know you mentioned earlier that, I, I kind of started off and really wanted to just share a little bit of my own experience, um, but then also wanted to think, I want to hear from what, what have other people experienced? How can I um, kind of hear about uh, how their experience is similar or different to mine? How can I learn and educate myself about different aspects of, of health? Um, and along the way, being aware of different products, different campaigns that have kind of overlapped with um, some of those areas as well. And yeah, I just, I can't, I can't imagine having the opportunity or the access to, to those conversations in, in many other ways. I just don't think it's possible. Uh, So I think it's a huge, huge opportunity. And um, I think it's a, 
a privilege really for us to be able to share the conversations that we have as well and share that knowledge, I think is something really, really beneficial. Yeah, you asked me about a couple interviews. Yeah, I've also been thinking as you're talking. So one was with the head of a company called Zero Shoes, X-E-R-O. Mm-hmm. So I've, you know, I've been wearing regular sneakers my whole life, and I don't like to walk barefoot because I just felt uncomfortable and unwieldy. And I interviewed him, and he sells these shoes that have essentially zero support. And he talked about how the body naturally um, knows how to walk. And if you give yourself a bit of time and space and wear the shoes like this that have no support, you know, maybe just an hour a day, and then you ramp it up and ramp it up and ramp it up, and mm. you eventually can get to a point where you don't wear shoes that have all this extra support, and it's actually better for you. Uh-huh. And I, I went through that transition. It took me like three months. You know, we went overseas on a trip, and I got sandals and everything. And now those are the only shoes I wear. Wow. And I don't have to wear these um, these sneakers with all these supports anymore. And my feet and my legs are in much better health because of it. Which is funny, it's ironic, you know? Yeah, so is that because you're, I guess because you're, like your leg, your ankle, your foot are balancing you out rather than the shoe? Yeah, what, what traditional shoes do is they elevate your heel, first of all, so that your calf is perpetually shortened. You know, if you think the, mm. I guess the crazy level of this is high heels, you know? Imagine mm. a woman's foot in a high heel. Their calf is totally shortened. Their weight shifted forward. It's, it's bad for you. But even with normal sneakers, the heel is elevated probably an inch or mm. two inches. You know, mm. uh, it's far better to walk flat. And people that have low back pain or you know other pains and all that, uh, a large part of it is because of having a shoe support you, so your body doesn't support itself in the right way. So it's better. You know, people listen to the interview, but the, the take home message for me is like my leg health and all that and I have less knee pain and less back pain and all that because of it and now I can walk without shoes and I prefer to do it and I would never ever have done that without this interview so it's it's changed my life for the better in one small way and I've had that happen dozens of times from interviews and I would never have interacted with these people in the other and you know otherwise and again it's doing the podcast literally has improved my life for the better Mm. in many many ways with things like this yeah, and you think that's what that's like you say, that's one conversation, that's one product or service and whether it's recording a podcast and kind of hosting it or whether it's listening and engaging with with a range of different podcasts, I think I've definitely noticed I'll have kind of spells of I'll really listen to like a particular podcast for a period of time and then I kind of get to the stage where I'm like, I just need to listen to something else now. And we're so fortunate that there's a range of different topics and hosts and you can kind of pick and choose what what you want to listen to what you want to engage with I think is is really interesting and that's where you kind of sometimes stumble across like you say how else would you have had that conversation um having people like yourself come onto this podcast and talk about um a custom pillow I think is really cool because it's sharing that knowledge and raising that awareness hopefully of of this product, but also making you aware that there will be other similar things as well. And have you thought about, have you looked for something that's a little bit different that actually might work for you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can give you one other quick example. Go on then, um, give me one more. This is about dental health. So, you know, everyone has billions of bacteria, not just in their gut, but in their mouth. And I've learned by interviewing a lot of 
you know, oral microbiome people that if your mouth isn't in good shape, um, the bacteria in there have direct access to your bloodstream and they end up going throughout your bloodstream in your body and causing you all kinds of problems. There's now theories thinking that um, they contribute to Alzheimer's, they contribute to plaques, you know, the stuff that clogs up your arteries. They found the same bacteria in your mouth and these plaques and in people's brains. So mouth health is super important. I spoke to, he, we talked about these little tiny brushes. They're probably a, a quarter inch long and you, you push them between your teeth right at the gum line. You, you move them back and forth. You yeah. Know? So he tells me, he's like, you know, ideally you should brush your teeth, you should floss and you should use these little brushes. And, you know, my wife has had like some, some dental problems and she started using the brushes. I bought them for her. They were really cheap, you know, off Amazon. Mm. And she's been using them for two weeks and she's like, oh, my mouth feels so much better. And she feels better. And I got that idea from doing a podcast and I started using the brushes and my teeth are looking better. My, my gums are better. And, you know, there's another example of, uh, of helping your health because of it. Yeah. So it's fantastic. T- like completely different types of uh, conversations as well. I think it's really interesting to to see that side that you get. And I think also a really nice insight, I guess, to to your podcast as well and to kind of signpost to that. Um, I think we've managed to go all the way through without actually saying the name of the podcast. I don't know if you want to mention that as well. Oh, I thought I did. It's called uh, Future Tech I think I, I think you mentioned it when we were talking before we started. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I was no like, ma- make sure we get that in there as well. Um, the the Good Night Sleep Project. So you obviously had a really good start with that this year. What are the what are your plans for for kind of next year and moving forward, either with the Good Night Sleep Project, but maybe other stuff that's going on as well. Yeah, that's a big focus of mine. Um, I wanted to make money, of course, but. I want to help people's health. So I'm very happy when someone, you know, I give them the pillow and they buy the pillow and they're like, like, like one lady told me uh, it was her and her husband and she said she hadn't dreamed in years. And now all of a sudden she's starting to have a lot of dreams and she, it scared her. And I've, you know, I've read in the research and all that, that that's good. That means that her REM sleep, mm. her, you know, dreaming sleep was, was cut off. It wasn't, it wasn't helping her. Now, She's dreaming more because that part of her sleep is better. And she also tells me that she feels better and she has more energy when she wakes up. So great. I'm happy about that. And her husband, his head was sweating a lot. You know, when he would sleep, he'd get really hot and he woke up a lot. And now he's not sweating nearly as much. And again, this pillow is not like a panacea. It's going to change your whole life. But for him, I, I had to sit there and figure out why is that happening? Why did this help? And I realized the pillow is made in such a way that it tends not to mush around your face like normal pillows do. It's, mm. It keeps its shape even when you lay on it. So uh, the pillow wasn't, wasn't mushing around his head and his face and insulating his head and heating him up. So now he doesn't sweat when he sleeps anymore. And he's sleeping better. And some people say, again, neck pain and back pain. Or there's, you know, like one thing I did, which is kind of funny. Hey, who does this, you know? But I, um, we had a bunch of the customers record themselves sleeping you know they used an app called snore lab mm. so i got i got their permission to listen to a few people snoring and but the cool thing is snore lab gives you a score like one to a hundred you know how loud you are how much you snore so on average all the people came down about 20 30 percent in the intensity of their snoring mm. and the snoring sounds smoother it's not as rough and 
and tough, you know. Mm. So I, and and they're sleeping better too. And now I have some really cool proof. I have some soundtracks of snores improving with or without the pillow. So I've been doing stuff like that. And again, it's helping people. And we've been advertising and learning what works to sell it. And uh, my goal is for this year is to get up to you know hopefully ten thousand pillows sold and ramp from there. Mm. And uh, I'd like to you know, perhaps license it to a large uh, mattress or pillow company. Mm. I think that'd be a great uh, partnership if we could do it. So that's that's what's uh, going on for this year. Oh, awesome. That's would be really interesting as well to, to hear at a later stage once you've got more people involved, if there's been stuff that's changed over a period of time or if you're like, actually, no, we worked it out perfectly the first time and do you know what? We just needed more people to be aware of it. Um Oh, I just I can't imagine that <laughs> the sleeping snoring track. Oh, you must have had a lot yeah, of fun funny. listening to that. <laughs> My wife's like, "Oh, she heard. She goes, what are you doing?'" I said, "I'm listening to people snore." She goes, "You're weird." She just walked away. <laughs> and then I told her later what happened. She goes, "Only you, only you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the level of acceptance that, yep, yeah, yeah, he's just doing that weird thing again. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Oh dear. Um, it's been lovely to sit down and chat and hear a bit more about you. Um, Richard, if people want to find out a bit more about yourself or about the Good Night Sleep Project, um, where are the places that they can go uh, to, to find out or to purchase the pillow? Yeah, best place is just go to goodnightssleepproject.com, the website. You know, I'm not like, we have social media, but I'm not a social media person. So just go to the website. It's the best place, goodnightssleepproject.com. Get all the info there. You can order there. Everything you need is there. Hey, so it makes it simple, straightforward, uh, and gives you an opportunity to actually go and find out about um, the pillow and how it could be beneficial for for you, or maybe the uh, the sleep partner that you might have that might still be snoring quite loudly through the night. <laughs> um, thank actually, you. Uh, one one stat I want to tell you right before yeah. we end. Um, there's a stat by the, uh, I think, the American Academy for Sleep Medicine. They said like 25% of all couples don't sleep in the same bed or they'll start out that way and then one partner will leave because mm. of the snoring. Mm. So think about what that does to relationships and mental health. You know, your yeah. husband or your wife is in the other room and who knows what they're doing. They're not in the bed with you and it hurts your intimacy. So that's that's a huge number. And you know that's underreported. Yeah, so that's one thing that really stuck out at me. That uh, why this would be a huge help to people. That's it, a huge number, huge number of people. I'm quite, uh, yeah, I can totally believe that that happens. That's yeah, but to hear it's that many people is yeah, wow. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of melted my mind a little bit. Uh, yeah, Sorry they, to pull it on you at the very end. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> trying to work out that, that was the, the actual number of people that is. Well, um, yeah, ah, that's not for me. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for coming on and for, for sharing your knowledge and your experience as well. I think, uh, like I say, that the, the range of conversations that we can have, the products, the services, the campaigns that we can be more aware of by just sitting down and having conversations I think is is hugely beneficial and we've also been really fortunate in this episode that um, the fact that you've got your own podcast and have shared a couple of experiences from the conversations you've had there and I'm definitely going to be thinking about my shoes and stuff tomorrow now um, well, right on. I know, I know. I'm going to be like wow yeah I really am uh, so yeah it's it, wow if, if nothing else it's left me with quite a lot to think about um, 
but yeah thank you so much for, for coming on for sharing for sharing that knowledge and uh hopefully we'll be seeing a lot more from from yourself and from the pillows in the future yeah thanks mike i appreciate it cool no worries i'll talk to you soon okay take care These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told her everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate Yeah, It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.